1: I was at the Colts-Jets game last
2: Sunday, and there wasn't a Colts fan in the stadium that didn't hate the New York Jets. I'm here to tell you, Colts fans, the Jets are your new best friend. I'll tell you why next on this New Year's Day edition of Red vs. Blue. Six seconds.
1: One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404, Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. I paid my dues. Champion show
0: tonight. I
2: Champions, Mike. I've done my yep. We're going to recognize a and
0: lot of them tonight. Almost to the
2: champions. They deserve I've
1: it. Nice stakes, man.
2: That's where it's,
0: that's where it's
1: at. I've made a few. Yep. Let's go.
2: and you know how it feels if you won your league. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special New Year's Day championship edition of Red vs. Blue High-Stakes Fantasy Radio. I'm your host, Sky Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, the toilet bowl winner of the FFPC, proud to say it. And, uh, Mike, as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, Mike, uh, we've got a big game tomorrow in college basketball, the Louisville Cardinals, Head down to Lexington to face your new Calipari-led Kentucky Wildcats.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm really anxious about it, Scott. Uh, I think this game, uh, this basketball game, could be a lot closer than people think. Uh, bottom line is, Louisville, they they got a lot of momentum going. They've won games by 20 or more in the last three, uh, so they have a lot of confidence. Uh, their opponents they they haven't been much but it doesn't matter. When you get the uh when you get when you get that psyche of winning and winning big then you gotta swagger about you. So we'll see what happens there. As far as uh football goes, uh I wanna congratulate all of the high stakes winners in fantasy football. This just like just like the song said, we are the champions. I mean, you guys did awesome. In every aspect and what you needed to do, and uh, it's been a wonderful year, and uh, I hate to see it come to an end. But uh, now it's time—if uh, you're in dynasty leagues, it's time to uh, you know make some trades, make some moves, and uh, drop this player, add this player, and move on.
2: Well, and we're going to talk about—it's uh, not over, Mike. This is week seventeen. We've got we've got some guys uh, that, that that have their leagues. Feel free to call in if you have some questions. We'll try to answer those. Uh, best we can, uh, but really uh, for the high stakes season, it is over uh until we have the fantasy playoffs and, and that's I tell you it's like season two for us um, and, and i'm hoping that uh, not only can we have a fantasy playoff season, but you know what i'd like for these guys to consider a big time fantasy playoff season as well let 's have the traditional fantasy playoff with the regular entry fee, but for the guys that just want a little bit more, a little bit something extra to play for'. You know, come up with a high-stakes, a high-stakes uh, main event playoff uh, edition. I I would look forward to that. and I think there's plenty of us out there that are that still think we have uh, what it takes to, to win one of those. Mike. So we're going to talk in the latter part of the show about the playoffs. We're also going to have Glenn Schroeder, uh, winner of the uh, Platinum uh, League at the World Championship, a hundred fifty thousand dollar top prize there, Mike. Uh, 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 and this is where the next. Awesome. It's a high-roller league, and uh, I'll tell you, Glenn should have won it last year or had a team capable of winning it. I'll just say that. And this year he does uh, do uh, what it takes to take pe- down at $150K. And that's, guys, I'm telling you, if you're not familiar with the world of high-stakes fantasy football, that entry fee month is $25,000. So you've got, have, you've got to have the guts. Uh, to go for the glory, and you've got to have the, uh, you know, you just got to have the uh, the confidence and the skill to take it down. Because if you lose in that league, I don't see you coming back for more. Uh, after, uh, I mean, that's a car, Mike. <laughs> that's a new car. Well, you, know? I, you
0: know, I tell you what, I give uh, kudos to Glenn uh, for doing that. And you know, you you have to uh, you have to know what you're to- know what you're talking about, know what you're doing, uh, make the right moves at the right time. Uh, as far as waiver wire maybe, and uh, you know Glenn obviously did the right thing uh first off drafting he he had to draft it perfect, and uh I would love uh maybe next week we can do this or maybe when he's on tonight, uh, we can break down what he did and how he did it and how he went about it uh, to make him a, a high stakes champion.
2: Well, and if you guys listened to the uh, show last week, uh, we did tell you. I, I told you to fit your Colts. I told you it wasn't going to be pretty, even if they played the entire game against the Jets. It would not have been pretty for those Colts starters, uh, unless you maybe Austin Collie. I mean, that was a a player that uh, you could have plugged in late uh, once you heard uh, what happened to Garcon. Well, Scott, uh, so,
0: Scott, B, you being a Jet fan, uh, that that was that was a fun game to be at because you were at that game, weren't you? I
2: was at that game and I tell you what, I uh, you know, I have a lot of mixed feelings on that game. Obviously I was rooting for a Jets victory to stay in the playoff hunt and uh they did get that, so they're they're still alive with a win this week against Cincinnati at home. Uh, you know, they should be able to uh it sounds like from what Rails and Edwards is saying, the team is focused, they're not talking about the holidays, they're not talking about Christmas. Uh they're focused on winning this game. You said everybody's talking about the game and that's that's what they're there to do. Chad Ocho Cinco, you heard about him mouthing off at the, at the media talking about uh, yeah. Darrell Rebus and uh, how he was going to uh, take him to school. Uh, that, that's uh, yet to be seen. But uh, I am interested in seeing that matchup, and, and hopefully the Bengals starters play. I want to see him play. But it would be kind of neat to see two teams lay out for the Jets to walk into the playoffs. Now, I, I told you at the, at the beginning of the show, the, uh, the Colts fans, you know, they didn't want to look me in the eye, you know, on Sunday. They were just that upset and that mad at their team. Not necessarily mine, <laughs> but theirs. And uh, i tell you what, uh, there's not a better friend that you have right now, if you're an Indianapolis Colt, than the, the gang green of the New York Jets. And I'll tell you why. Uh, if the Jets beat the Bengals and, and the Patriots take care of their business, which they should do, it sounds like they're going to play the entire game, that means that the Patriots now become the three-seed which is what Indianapolis wanted all along, because that means that once New England wins that first-round game, and very likely they will, they'll go to San Diego, and those two guys have to beat themselves, okay? If Cincinnati were to win, and this is another little uh, deep thinking by the, by the, by the organization, possibly, of the Indianapolis Colts, Napoleon, uh, you know, it was definitely an organizational decision to sit those starters. But listen, if Cincinnati That's goes good. down on Week 17, and they've got a reason to play, uh, and, and a team to play them, you know, like their Jets definitely do. Um, you know, you want to make sure that Cincinnati goes down so that New England gets that three seed so that they're not coming to Indianapolis in, in the second week of the playoffs. If you're the Colts, you don't want to play New England and then San Diego, Mike. So I think this works out pretty well for them. Jets take care of business. New England takes care of business. New England wins in the playoffs. They go to San Diego. And the Colts just have to battle out the the only two teams that I think can beat the Colts in the AFC are the Jets and Patriots, or the or the, <laughs> the Patriots and the Chargers. Uh, and so one of those teams, they have to knock each other off, and then they only have to face one at home.
0: Well, I'm going to throw something out at you, Scott. Um, in order to win a Super Bowl, you have to have you have, to have two things. You have to be number one in defense, and who is that? The Jets. Running game. You, yeah. you have to be number one in the running games. Who is that? Yeah. The Jets. So this is a crazy scenario. I'm not a Jets fan, and you know, I, I, honestly, I don't think they can. I don't think they can do much if if they do make the playoffs. But those two things, you know, they're big factors when it comes to uh, playoff situations and uh, and and seeing what happens. But. You know, it's kind of funny. I still, I still believe in, uh, I still believe in uh, San Diego and Dallas in the Super Bowl. Well, very,
2: very good possibilities there, Mike. And like I said, though, I think the AFC. You know, you've got those three teams there. You've had them all year. You have the Colts, the Chargers, and the Patriots. Really, the teams that you know you have to beat. With Pittsburgh uh, kind of taking a, a nose dive after the Palomalu injury, uh, he really makes that team go. Almost like Bob Sanders makes that Colts defense go this year. They have survived without it. But I think there's going to be a tough road in the playoffs to, to, to go without your best defensive player in Bob Sanders. That's got to, that's, that's to hurt now. So they can overcome it great, but it's going to be very difficult. And I, I think if you're the Colts organization, you did not want to have to play the Patriots and then come back a week later and play the Chargers. It's just two games that, you know, there's only so many lives you have if you're a cat. <laughs> so, yeah, but,
0: I, I I totally agree, Scott. They're going to have to lean on uh, other guys and in the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have to lean on other guys and uh, just just hope that uh, just hope that uh, other things can happen for them. But uh, I still think Indy. It, it's just going to it's going to be too tough. It depends on the matchups, uh, like you said. Uh, you know, there there there's a lot of implication here in week seventeen on who plays who because it depends on who beats who and who who's going to be the three seed, the four seed, the two seed. You know, I mean. It, there's a lot at stake, and people think that uh, week 17 is a wash. Well, it's not because there's a lot at stake.
2: Well, happy New Year to everybody in the uh, Red vs Blue crew. Um, you know, we're, we're we're thankful that you uh, are still listening, still with us on the show. You can definitely call in the program three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. You know, they also gave away that million dollar prize at the FFOC Also, Mike. Uh, the winner's name was Um uh, I don't know his last name. They they can't kind detect of those names. I'm, I'm sure somebody can post it in the chat room. He won a cool million dollars in the FFOC in year two. Uh, if you remember, uh, one of the Schroders uh, did that last year. Shane Schroder uh, won the won the cool million at the FFOC. They did pay, and in year two, here they are again, paying a million dollars uh, in that contest. Uh, we've got just a whole list of winners that we do want to announce tonight and at least get to, so we're going to get right to that before Glenn Schroeder, our special guest of the evening, gets on here with us. Uh, at the World Championship, $300,000 richer, Mike, Jason Kahn, and Ed Osterling, Team Shocker. Now, if you remember, we had that heated debate in the uh, about the World Championship in the playoff format uh, when Alex Kaganovsky came on, as well as Sean Childs, and they gave both sides of the story there. Yeah. Uh, and Alex side was, hey, Team Soccer's already locked up after week one, and, well, you know, sure enough, Team Soccer does pull out the win. Uh, $300,000, congratulations to him uh, on being a prominent name and one of the biggest names right now in the world, um, world of high-stakes fantasy football. A couple other names, though, I want to recognize in that contest, Mike. Our, our buddy John Rozek, who was in our, yeah. F- um, in our um, NFFC League, placed fifth overall. Oh. We were really rooting hard for John. He plays fifth overall. He's a name that you you definitely know. Sean Childs, a guest on our program, finished twelfth. Uh, another name that you're gonna uh, you're probably familiar with by now. Joe Conte, finished twenty second. And a name I'm telling you you're gonna know more about is Darren Faase. Twenty fifth overall. You'll see him uh, throughout the evening, uh, placing very high in, in in these high stakes event. Darren put finished twenty fifth. So Mike, there's five names right there in the world championship. And uh, Jason Conant and Okselin, three hundred thousand dollars richer for Team Shocker.
0: Well, I will tell you what, Scott, it, it's nice to uh, some of the names you rattled off. Uh, uh, we've been privileged to have on the show, and it's been it's been awesome. Uh, these guys uh, these guys are good, and uh, you know that that's that's what makes the world of high stakes uh, fantasy football uh, so much fun. We make it fun and uh you know, I hope that you guys uh just enjoy it and uh but the bottom line is uh these guys are they're good. They're good. And uh if you wanna if you wanna be as good as these guys then you know just continue to uh uh tune in to us and we'll make it better.
2: Yeah, and uh man in our chat room tonight, shot caller uh wins the inaugural Survivor contest in the World Championship came down to the wire. Of uh, the final eight teams and uh, competed to be the very best at the Ultimate Survivor. Um, and so, congratulations to Matt. He's been a, a friend of our program in the Red vs. Blue chat room uh, and taken down that. Uh, first place prize is a bronze passport. If you know about the passport, that gives you quite a bit of cash, uh, redeemable for 2010 entries in the World Championship. Uh, I think it's, um, Matt, you'll have to correct me. I think it's around five grand. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry, 2500 $2,500. Uh, so, you know, still, uh, to win that contest in his first year, and I'm sure he'll be back in that next year. Uh, so congratulations to Matt on that. He, he was definitely, uh, Matt's another name you're going to get to know uh, from these uh, high-stakes events. In the FFPC, since we've got Alex in the chat room, Don Metter, he's the 2010 FFPC champion. like $75,000 yep. richer, following up on uh, Chad Schroeder's win last year. FPC had a great contest again this year and it really came down to the wire there was not uh, you know our good friend Russ Steele been on the program several weeks was right there in the thick of things pretty much to the very end at the very top right to the very end into the last week and uh, just didn't have the guns uh, to pull it off and and Don did well, I was
0: watching it uh, I was watching that uh, challenge challenger Scott and uh, Don uh, just had just enough to uh, to get what get it done, uh, as far as Russ, uh, you know, I mean, he he gave it a pretty good shot, but uh, Don, uh, congratulations, man, that, that's an awesome deal.
2: Well, he had a great team, and it really responded the week that it needed to, Tom Brady, Chris Johnson, Jonathan Stewart, LaDainian Tomlinson, okay, you're hearing the names, Brandon Marshall, Steve Smith of, of the Giants, and Miles Austin. Okay, it doesn't get much tougher than that. Look, he hit this is the FFPC champion. Miles Austin, he hit on Jonathan Stewart when he needed it. Chris Johnson, the money pick of the year. Uh, and Tom Brady, I mean, all the way across the board. LP even, as his number one pick. He took LT and followed up with Chris Johnson in the second round. Uh, and then, obviously, with the D'Angelo injury, Johnson Stewart becomes another prime pick. Uh, but. I mean, just look, the list goes on and on. Now, the one thing that was interesting, and Alex brought it up in the, uh, in the FFPC, didn't have a tight end. Uh, I think he had an injury oh. to a tight end and and didn't really have anything to go on except for Tony Scheffler. Uh, Tony Scheffler, Dante Rosario, and in that format, one and a half points per, per reception for tight end, you really have to have a heck of a team, and, you know, oh, look, he, he did. He had a fantastic team right when he yep. counted. Uh, and so he definitely uh, definitely deserves the seventy five thousand. The other names there again: Kelly Schroeder, fifth overall; Russ Steele, sixth overall; our friend Don Thompson, with seventh overall; Chris Hart, one of our friends, fullback pro, commando pro, twelfth uh, overall. Uh, the names just go on and on: Michael Bronte, seventeen; Kip Lockwood, and you know just Jason Tapley. There's Matt <clears throat> Bailey. I mean, there's just names after names after names you see in that in that event. Uh, that uh, the FFPC championship round.
0: Now, uh, you know, uh, the other event
2: that we, we need to talk about, the FFPC big payback champion, you know, our league that we hosted, the Red vs. Blue Satellite, uh-huh. Tommy Yates pulled it off. Tommy Yates, uh, who we had ranked as our 12th F-team in that league, he makes the playoff, just barely, he makes the playoff, and he comes in and he rolls right through the competition. So what that means, Mike, is this. He paid a $500 entry fee. He's going to be sitting at the big payback table next year. that table is five thousand dollar entry fee uh participants twelve other eleven other guys all ponied up five thousand dollars. Tommy ponied up five hundred, so he's gonna have a chance at a twenty five thousand dollar top prize against eleven other guys. All he did was enter with five hundred dollars
0: well, I hope tommy that I hope he uh takes advantage of it and uh, does it well instead of uh just taking the cash I mean move on and uh you know, going to the big payback, I mean, that's big-time stuff there. And uh, congrats to Tommy. And, you know, just just uh, just keep uh, doing what you're doing. And,
2: uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's yep. good stuff. Tommy's a heck of a competitor. And, again, these are, this is there's a skill versus luck, another uh, conversation going on in the World Championship message board. Look, you can say all day long there's luck involved. We all know there's luck. You need luck involved. Uh, and, and, you know, you make some of your own luck. Uh, but, listen, this game, at the highest stakes level, is dominated by skill, okay? It's dominated by skill, and luck has yes. a part of it. You've got a you've got luck. I'm not going to throw a number on it or a percentage on it, but I'm here to tell you, when you see the same names over and over, Tommy won, you know, 100 grand last year in the National Fantasy Football Championship. you think it's coincidence that he wins the big payback rate? No, it's not. No, uh,
0: no, 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 not at all, Scott. you. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you got to do your research. You got to be on top of everything. Uh, you got to draft well, like I said, and just, you know, if if you can make things happen with the draft and uh, with uh, waiver wire pickups early on and quick, then uh, you're going to be in good shape.
2: We've also got uh, in the um, in the NFFC. Steve Luzzi took down a hundred thousand dollars. The guy that and – and uh, Tom uh, Ryan at Fan Bowl, uh, great competition there, $100,000 for Steve Luzzi. And you're going to hear his name uh, quite a bit more, I would imagine, uh, being a winner of the uh, the $100,000 there, very nice guy. A uh, couple other notable names there, our good friend Lou Tranquility took home fifth. Uh, another friend of our program, I mean, again, right in the run, until the very end with that $100,000, Lou had a heck of a team. And uh, just just couldn't squeeze out what he needed in that last two weeks there to to get it done. But hey, fifth uh, overall, Absolutely. Hey, hey. Absolutely.
0: I mean, fifth is fifth is you know it's not first, but uh, you know
2: the, the cream rises to the
0: top every time. And uh, congrats, Luke.
2: Yeah, William Del Pilar, uh, seventh overall. Uh, Jules McClain, 11th overall. Again, these are names that we recognize. Darren Fasiste, the name I told you earlier about in the World Championship, uh, 20th overall in that. So, again, there's that name, uh, the, the same repeat kind of name, coming back up over and over and over again. Uh, you, you've got to you've got to definitely realize that that's not luck, that's skill. NFFC primetime, our good friend Dave Gerzak won this competition last year. And guess what, Mike? Dave had two teams in this thing. They finished sixth and seventh overall. I mean, here we go. Wow. This, this is not luck. This is skill. This is not uh, Bill luck. Strickler, Bill Strickler took down the forty thousand dollars this year as the as the champion of the NFC primetime. So congratulations to Bill. Uh, that's a big victory there and uh, one that can catapult him into the to the prominent names of high stakes fantasy football. Another name, second overall, Mike Baron Fasich. Second overall. This was Golden Tornadoes. He was actually in our league in the NFFC primetime, and uh, he just had one heck of a team all the way, almost led it wire to wire. Uh, but again, Darren Pussu showing up in these top events over and over and over again. You're going to see him uh, quite a bit next year. Uh, Mike, I've got the AFSL. Remember the controversy there? We did the show on the AFSL and the new ownership, and they came on and told their side of the story. And, uh, you know, they, they really wanted to rank the ship there, and they gave out lots of entries uh, to get it going again. Well, our good friend and part of the Elevator Fraternity from the FFPC uh, inaugural year, uh, Jeff Gill takes down the $60,000 top prize at the AFFL, the Gold Division. Uh, That was their top prize this year. Mike, Jeff Gill uh, won $60,000. So let's cross our fingers. Let's pray to God. Let's make sure (laughs) that this is going to work out. I have all the faith in the world it's going to work out, but... Hey, Jeff, congratulations. You got it done. Yeah,
0: uh, th- th- that's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, and like you said, let's just cross our fingers and, uh, uh, you know, hope that he gets it. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I'm sure everything will work out. Uh, you know, everybody's got to make sure that, uh, you know, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, and uh, go from there. And uh, I'm sure to happen.
2: Ted Trotter, another name that we all recognize from the FFPC, had won 75000 last year and almost came very close to winning the cool million dollars at the FFOC. He places third overall in the FFPC. So, again, listen, I'm I'm telling you, name after name that's showing up here in these high-stakes events, this is not all about luck. This it's, is the names, didn't it's, it's, the it's the same name, isn't it, It's the same names, name, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I, I, did want to bring on and, and discuss the pros versus joes competition. Our friend Baker Boys, Joe Del Tenero, uh, wins the pros versus joes contest, Mike. We actually led all the way up. Uh, we were, we were right up at the top all the way to the very end, and we had a couple of big injuries, uh, you know, take us down a little bit, take us down a few notches. But, uh, Darren Armani and the, and the guys at fantasymojo.com, they put together a heck of a contest. And everybody chipped in and, and offered prizes, and it, and it was a it was a huge bragging right. And so this pros versus joes com- competition, where thirty two pros are taking on thirty two average joes. Well, our average Joe is Joe Del Zanero, and he's Baker Boys. Uh, good to see him win this competition. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of
0: watching the pros versus joes, and uh, it's been it's been kind of split, Scott. I mean, you know, the uh, average joes. They haven't done too bad, so, you know, it'll be fun to do that again next year along with uh, Josh and his day drinker's decisions. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fun contest, too.
2: Joe Conti wins the Terminator, uh, hosted by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. That was a competition that we all uh, got to check out this year. Very interesting format for a fee of $350. You go through and you have to fight through your league and survive. If you survive, you move on to the championship round. Uh, With your chance at the $5,000 Terminator top prize, the interesting twist on the Terminator, for all of you that didn't play it, you eliminate and terminate one of your players every single week. It was a very interesting twist, Mike. And so you eliminate just about everybody but a starting lineup. All you have left at the end of the year is your starting lineup, and you have no backups, no subs, nothing. That's all you have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would uh, love to. uh, I I didn't get into it this year, Scott, but I'm going to tell you what, that Terminator contest, Sounds like so much fun.
2: Well, and I think I'll I think I'll be doing it next year. I'm actually in a little bit of a chat with my good friend Chad Lilly from Aware Talk Radio. If you haven't checked out that show and you're looking for a little bit of an alternative viewpoint that you don't get in the mainstream media, you got to check out uh, Chad's channel, Aware Talk Radio. It's packed with show after show, and I and I can't give you a lot of details on it because it'll just blow your mind if I did. But uh, great, channel, and Chad. It's nice to see you on here tonight, buddy. Uh, Daryl Bomber and Mike Thomas, Mike. Uh, these are number crunchers. You know these guys. They they were in the the live twelve hundred fifty dollar auction league that took place in Vegas at the FSPC. Daryl Bomber and Mike Thomas win their auction league and win seven thousand dollars. So again, those are a couple of our friends. Uh, they've been on our FSPC league the last couple of years, and it's nice to see them win that twelve fifty auction league, Mike. And that's. That's a heck of a league. If you haven't been to it, I hope you get a chance to get out to the FFTC and participate at the live event. Well, uh,
0: you know, congrats to them, and uh, you know that that's got to be a lot of fun. And I, I have not been a part of an auction league, but uh, I'm I'm getting ready to uh, next year this September.
2: I hope to see you out there, uh, our buddy Leroy. Leroy uh, took down the Genesis League, and he took down second place on a Draft Master. Good to hear from Leroy. And uh, Joe Jefferson, our big payback winner, $25,000. That event is hosted by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, Joe Jefferson, quick six. The big payback winner this year, $25,000 richer, Mike. That's the league everybody wants to be a part of. It's a $5,000 entry fee at the FFPC and uh, it's no holds barred. It's victory point scoring.
0: Yeah, that's got to be fun. Uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, BPS, but, uh, but still, if you can use it to your advantage, then uh, go for it, and um, obviously he did, and uh, congrats.
2: All right, Mike. Well, it is time for our special guest of the evening, Glenn Schroeder, the winner of the Platinum League for High Rollers, $150,000, Glenn, how are you this
3: evening? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? I, I I don't know how you guys keep the energy going so late. It must be, uh, <laughs> are you guys Eastern time or Central time? Or? We are as well, far I mean, east
2: as we can get, buddy, without getting wet. Yeah,
0: we're we're on Eastern, Glenn, and, uh, but we just keep the energy going because it's fantasy football. Whether it's week 16, 17, it doesn't matter, but uh, congrats, man.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, uh, I'm on vacation this weekend. I have no leagues going. Uh, so it's kind of relaxing, to be honest with you.
2: Well, hey, Glenn, we are very excited that you're part of the program this week, and we wanted to bring you on and talk about this Platinum League, this High Roller League. Tell us a little bit about this league, how it got started, how long you guys have been doing it, and what it takes to win the $150,000.
3: Well, this is the uh the second year the league's been run. Um this is the second year I've been a part of it. Uh last year was pretty insane. I had a I I had what I thought was probably one of the best teams I've ever drafted. Uh ended up with the number 1 seed, which gives you the right to pick uh your opponent in week 15, which is a special privilege. And, uh, you know, I hope probably overanalyzed it and picked the wrong team to play in Week 15. I picked my buddy Sean Childs, who was the one team that uh, I did not outscore in Week 15. I would have beaten the other two teams if I had picked them. So, uh, unfortunately, the one of the drawbacks of this league is if you don't win Week 15, the best you can hope for is your money back. So, uh, it was kind of a tough pill to swallow last year, coming so far, and yet... Yeah. Uh, doing no better than getting my money back.
2: You know, so but you pulled
0: me uh, up again. But, but you pulled up again. again. I
3: was, I was, I was. You know, I did get my money back. I came in third, so I figured, yeah, let's let's give it another shot. And uh, my team was kind of cursed from the beginning. It did not have the same quality draft. Uh, let's go through my draft real quick. I had, I had the four slot, so I had uh, started out. You know, the big three running backs went uh, Peterson. Jones, Drew, and Forte went. So I went Fitzgerald in the first round. Uh, That pick worked out okay. I mean, there were a lot of landmines in the first. Fitzgerald was okay. But my second pick was Kevin Smith. My third was Ronnie Brown. And my fourth was Anthony Gonzalez. Ooh. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, that's not too good. Um, But this was one of those leagues where... Uh, the late picks really saved me. I, I was able to get Thomas Jones in the 7th round. Uh, I got Ricky Williams in the 13th, and then I got Sidney Rice in the 16th round.
2: Oh, nice.
3: So that that really saved me. Um, so those, I also,
0: so those late round picks, uh, they ended up helping you out quite a bit, didn't they?
3: Yeah. Um, this was a case where... I don't, I mean, last year's team would have blown this one out of the water on paper, but uh, I think having the depth all season long, getting production when I got it, like I had Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams. When Ronnie Brown went down, Ricky Williams exploded. Um, you know, I had Percy Harvin, who was kind of slow in the beginning of the season, but he really picked it up in the middle of the season. So it just seemed like every week I had – Five or six really good options to throw out there. I picked up Justin Forsett as a free agent who had some nice weeks late, um, but yeah, it was it was a tough uh, it was a tough road for sure. I actually the final week I only put up 112 points and I still won. You know? Yeah,
2: the lead the lead carried you through, man.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, one thing I did want to touch on that that last weekend was really uh, incredibly stressful for me. Not only was I in the finals of the Platinum, I was in the final of the NFSC Ultimate League, which paid uh, about thirty thousand, and I was in the final four of the FFPC Big Payback that you just mentioned. So, I mean, last weekend I was basically going for um, about two hundred ten thousand dollars.
2: Wow! Yeah. And hey, to cash to cash what you did is uh, is still. Uh, got to give you those good feelings. I was in about six championship leagues last week and uh, finished up with like two. So I'm um, I, I know the the pain that goes along with that. Well, well, Glenn, listen, man, you've got um, there's there's a lot of things your names coming up in these leagues, and so you know it's the it's the same discussion we've been having all night long. Skill, luck, you know, we we say, look, these names don't just show up here. They don't just uh, you know show up and, and constantly have good luck here. There's so much skill involved. What is it? Is it is it the draft? Is it what do you what do you pin your uh, what do you pin the the good success on? Is it a drafting strategy? Is it in-season management? What, what what do you think it takes?
3: I think it's a combination of everything. I think you really have to pay attention from from July on. Uh, you know, there's there's always little nuggets that can be picked up during the season. I picked up Vince Young in this league, also in the Platinum League that we just talked about. Um, in my quarterback situation, was pretty weak. I had Roethlisberger and Jay Cutler and Joe Flacco, also a quarterback. But yeah, Vince Young helped me. I mean, he had, a, he had a few weeks where he got me 20-something points. Um, you know, paying attention to what might be out there is is very critical. But I think it's really just the people that do well in these leagues. Uh, there, there, there's definitely a, a select group of people that are always on the top. They don't always cash, but, you know, you, you've mentioned some of the names you went through the role of people who have won money those, this year. A lot of those people have won money before. So it's not it's not a surprise to me. And, um, you know, I, I think it takes some luck in the very end. You know, let, let's face it, if you put up 100 points at any point in the last four or five weeks, you're dead. But, um, you know, barring that, it, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, I, I would say probably, you know, we'll, I'm not going to be nailed to a percentage, but it's definitely more skill than luck, in my opinion.
2: You're listening to Glenn Schroeder, uh, the winner of the Platinum League at the World Championship of Fantasy Football, $150,000, uh, one of the bigger winners we'll see in the world of high-stakes fantasy football this year. And, Glenn, we're just trying to get a feel for, you know, what it takes to be at this level uh, of winning these types of leagues. Uh, you know, there's lots of guys that play. There's only there's only a few they get to actually cash and be part of these, this, championship, you know, this championship list every year. And, and it seems like you're on that list. So we're picking your brain a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, uh, you, you said it's a mix uh, of in-season management and drafting strategy. What are some of the mistakes that you see your average drafter that's been drafting, what, what are some of the mistakes that you see them making that for some reason propel you above, give you that little bit of an edge that you talked about on the message board that where you're at least in the hunt?
3: Well, one thing, as I already mentioned, was just paying attention. Finding the players that could help you. And there's there's always players out there that can help you. Um, You know, do do you spend the big money on a Sims Walker if he comes available? Uh, You know, a lot of people had some success with that this year. But I think also um, it's having a very good knowledge of ADP coming into the drafts, not overreaching on some players, I mean, you know, it's one thing to get a guy that that does well during the season, but you know, if you're pulling him around or too early, you know, you you, you may have uh, you may be making a mistake and not being able to get some extra talent in the draft. Um, you know, what, one thing I will say though is I, I've seen some discussion about this on the boards as far as uh, the people that get into a bunch of leagues. Well, you know, okay, so they win some leagues. You know, if you play in 30 leagues, or I've seen some people this year that were in. I like think there was one guy that was in 120 leagues this year. Um, you know, those guys, it takes success to win some of them. You know, if, if if someone had no skill at all, they would win none of them. Okay, so, okay, granted, they spent a bunch of money on entry fees, but, you know, it's still, it still they had to win still. They had to get in the position to win the money in the end. Um, that's That's part of it. And also, it takes a lot of effort to manage all these teams you know i think some people that have one or two teams maybe they're at an advantage they don't have to manage as as many rosters or uh pick up as many free agents on fridays so you know the, the skillful people can manage all these teams also
0: i can't imagine uh you know to be honest with you uh, that, uh 120 teams i mean that, that that's crazy i i get nine and i'm going nuts but uh what what kind of stock do you put into rookies uh, when you're drafting? Uh, because uh, it seems like that so many times uh, we go through, uh, like Scott and I, we've been up to Chicago for the uh, NFFC, and uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, we have d- d- different drafts, and it seems like rookies for whatever reason they stand out. What kind of stock do you put into rookies?
3: I, I think I think what you see in the last couple of years uh, particularly last year there were a lot of rookie running backs that did well um, people in fantasy sports tend to be very reactionary they see what worked the previous year um, and then they tend to adjust their strategies based on that so whereas you know Chris Johnson or forte were very uh, successful rookie picks last year um, you know only one of those guys panned out this year
0: yeah, one flopped and one
3: did well. Right. So, I mean, it's I, – I really – I think people kind of overreact to what worked the previous year. So, you, you saw some of that this year. Guys were taking some of the rookies a little too high, maybe, uh, you know, some of the receivers. Harvin worked out okay, but I think, you know, some some of the rookies went a little bit higher than they should have, in my opinion, this year.
2: Yeah. Glenn, talk to us about the uh, the highly publicized Ben Roethlisberger Vince Young decision that you made in the uh, in the Platinum League. Let everybody know about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I looked at my opponent's roster. He had Mendenhall and Hines Ward, and I'm sitting there with Roethlisberger as, as my only Pittsburgh stealer, And I figured, you know what? I really need Pittsburgh to not have a great game here in order to win this. And Neither none of those guys really did anything in the game. I mean, Roethlisberger, I think, only had about fifteen fantasy points. Uh Mendenhall and Ward were disappointments as well. So my part of my logic was let let me get let me take a chance on a guy who might do better than any of the Pittsburgh guys and, you know, bank the points there. It also helped that he was starting uh the Tennessee tight end, Bo scafe who I thought was the weakest link of this team. So I figured I could counter his bad player with a potentially good player on my team.
2: And this was what week of the season? This was week 14, week six, 15? No, no, week
3: 16, the championship game. Okay.
2: Last so, week of the season. So, so really,
3: and the other thing is, I looked at, I mean, this is kind of silly, but I looked at quarterbacks who were coming off just ridiculous games, 500-yard games, almost in every case they sort of reverted to the norm after that. I mean, to throw for 500 yards in a game never happens twice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: You're not going to get a 500-yard day, but uh, if you get one, you'll take it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's another thing. People are very reactionary to the previous week's performance. So, you know, they see Roethlisberger put up a 40-point game, throw for 500 yards. How could you not start? Well, each week has to be looked at individually. That's a that's a great example of that.
2: Yeah, it has yeah. to be looked at individually and I'll just say I'll just I'll just say it this way also. It it's almost a, a deterrent from me picking another player that's had a great week the week prior just because I mean look at this league. This is not an easy league. Uh you know, defenses are gonna look at that and say, Okay, you know, what this is what we've got to do to shut them down and usually offensive coordinators know that's coming and they game plan around that. Usually it's a deterrent. If I see a huge week the week before and it's a it's you know, it's a it's not a player that you have to have in your
3: lineup. I'm usually looking the other way anyway. Do you, do you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you really. I mean, yeah. You can actually say it's not only that each week has to be looked at individually, but you can actually say that yeah, it's it's a negative to have a good week the week before.
0: Yeah, and that's funny, Chad, because uh, you know I, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, if I if, if I have the old matchups, that's what you need to think about is matchups, matchups instead of what have you done for me? lately, we're going with matchups, matchups. And, you know, that, that's that been a hard thing for me as a high-stakes fantasy football player, uh, you know, in uh, you know in fantasy football. I, I've had a hard time dealing with that because I'm thinking, well, this guy is doing well. He's doing well. He's doing well. We're going to be a running back, wide receiver, or what have you. And, you know, I, I just want to stick with him, but you still got to go with matchups, don't you?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a fair point, Mike. That's a fair point. Um, you know, another thing I want to bring up um, while we're talking is as far as these mega high-stakes fantasy sports games, this FFPC Big Payback or the NFFC Ultimate or uh, yeah, obviously the Wyckoff Platinum, um, the payout percentages in these leagues are just too attractive to ignore, in my opinion. I mean, if a league is offering 92%, 90%, 95%, whatever it is, that's something that you can't ignore. I mean, that's that's something that should draw everyone's attention. You know, f- people should form partnerships to get into these leagues, whatever the case. But there's just too much money to be, uh, to be ignored here, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that, well, that's a good point. And, you know, I, I what I'd like to know is I, I'd like to come and, and ask you, okay, we can look back all day long, but let's talk. We've got one more segment after this, Glenn, and I, I hope you can stick around for it. It, yes. it, it's going to be our playoff uh, discussions, our preliminary playoff discussions. Looking looking ahead, you know, to what that playoffs going to look like and 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 what our rosters are going to be comprised of. But before we do, talk about your 2010 season. What leagues you know you're going to be a part of, if everything you know remains equal, and obviously things you know remain the way they are for you. What leagues are we going to see Glenn Schroeder in next year?
3: Uh, I think you're going to see me all over the map. I think um, you know one of the things I did last year, going into this year, was um, I did pretty well last year. I, I probably cleared about uh, a little over 50 grand last year in profit, and I decided to reinvest a lot of that this year. And you know, obviously, made a lot. Winning the platinum was a big step in that direction. But um, you know, I'm I'm going to be reinvesting a lot of these winnings and. Uh, some of the high stakes offerings. You'll, you'll probably see me in the same ones uh, next year as well, and um, you know, obviously, get into some of the main events. But I think the, you know, I, I enjoy the big stakes action of these leagues, and uh, you know, so you could expect to see me in FFPC and Weinkoff, NFFC, and that's that's probably about it.
2: And do you go to Vegas? Uh, All to- or do you Do you go? Do you go anywhere else?
3: No, no, just those three. Um, Those are the only three I played in this year, and some private leagues also. But um, you know, I think there's there's a degree of trust that I have in those leagues, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, part of the plan would be severely scuttled if there was to be a fantasy jungle type situation. But um, based on my research and knowledge, I, I don't foresee that happening with any of these events.
2: So we'll see you in Vegas then, or do you go to New York? You, you you're in Vegas for all three. You stay out there for an entire week or weekend.
3: Um, I usually do uh, the NFSC from New York, so okay. uh, but you'll you'll see me on Vegas for opening weekend in all likelihood. Awesome.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Glenn. Uh, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know I'm I just want to say congratulations. But uh, I'm gonna come get you. I'm gonna come and get you.
3: <laughs> I, I hope <laughs> you do, man. I, I I hear you're uh, you're quite the challenge. Uh, some of the folks in Chicago have spoken quite highly of you.
2: Yeah. Well, we do have a lot of fun out in Chicago and, and Mike did uh I tell you what, introduced Mike to Dynasty Football a couple years ago. And Mike's been playing, I think, for uh three years now, Mike, right? Uh Dynasty yeah. football and, and uh we we put together a, a hyperactive league, which means it's it's a league full of, you know, these football guys that are that are just really diehards and writers for the football guy staff. I mean really good players. Uh, they're not, not meant much for the high stakes world just because of the you know, the payouts and things of that nature. But uh I tell you what, very competitive leagues and Mike, uh I won the championship last year and it's a twenty four man league and then Mike pulls it off this year. So, you know, Mike can hold his own in drafting.
0: Yeah, I tell mean? you what. It, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, Glenn. Uh you know, to see well, as a matter of fact, Scott and I we almost over the championship in uh hyper three. But uh it, it it was it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love the dynasty leagues. Uh, I love to uh you know have the 26 man roster and uh drop four if if you want to uh, you know before the uh NFL draft rookie draft and uh, things like that, but uh it was a lot of fun. I uh, just to just to win that, uh maybe feel good and uh you know maybe I'm maybe I'm making it to the next level.
3: I, I uh, you know, keep on trucking as they say. So, well, do, you
2: uh, you know, we, 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 do you play Dynasty, Glenn? I,
3: I, I actually thought about it two years ago, and then uh, I started looking at punters and long snappers, and I said, uh, oh. yeah, this, this, uh, this brings me back to my AL-only uh, baseball league with uh, 40-man rosters. And, oh no! Uh, you know, you, you gotta. I, I'd, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather stick to the the cream of the crop, if you know what okay. I mean.
2: Well, yeah, you can only do so much. You can only do so much. The dynasty leagues that we play in aren't uh, aren't IDP or anything like that. They're regular regular lineups like we're we're familiar with playing and regular scoring systems. But you keep everybody, and so it does give you a a, a a reason to watch more college football to see these rookies that are these freshmen and sophomores, juniors that are coming out in college ranks. And and, mm-hmm. I, and I think the tendency there is once you start playing Dynasty you start to overvalue those in your redraft until you start to realize, eh, hey, let me pull that back a little bit. It's not you're not gonna have the MJD type years uh every year in, in you know, in in the rookie crop. And so you you're and furthermore, kind of this, this evolution of, of a dynasty player when they when it how it affects the redraft. So you gotta be careful. Well furthermore,
0: uh you know, and Scott, now, now it makes the combine uh look that much more uh, attractive uh, when you're watching the NFL combine. I mean, you know, you're looking at these guys because you have to replace four, and you better get the best. And uh, so the combine looks good. Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll
3: say this also. Um, one of the things I really enjoy about this hobby is it's something that you can pick up and put down. It's it's not something you have to spend 24 hours a day looking at. Um, I have a feeling if I got involved with something like that, my Saturdays would be completely booked up following college football. And, uh, you know, you, you can only look at this stuff so much. I mean, that may sound yeah. crazy coming from someone that is in as many leagues as I am, but... Uh, you know, I like having my Saturdays off. Let's just put it that yeah, way.
2: Yeah, and playing redraft only gives you that break in the season that you need, where you start exactly. to pick up the uh, the rankings and the news and about the midsummer. Whereas us dynasty geeks, man, we're we're looking at it all year round and and never really stop and tweaking rankings all year and looking at the rookies and and that's what we'll we'll continue to do on this show. But uh, Glenn, let's, yeah, let's you know, pick, you know let's, Scott. Let's... Also,
3: it's, it's nice to have a fresh palate every year. I'll also say that it's nice to, you know. Start up a new Excel spreadsheet and just go from there every year.
2: I hear you. Yeah, uh, you know uh, that's that's one thing that you, when you're when you're managing these multiple leagues, you've got to have some form of tracking system. When the waivers run, you know, have I checked waivers? Have I put my bids in? And I have a little spreadsheet, you know, because you've got to manage that many leagues. I mean, I know a guy that plays in a ton of leagues and got terminated week one in those terminators because it's just too many leagues. You know, it can really it can really kill you. But, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to see the evolution of fantasy football, too. You know, you're an NFL fan at first, then you become a fan of fantasy football, and you start to watch the players. Then you start playing so many fantasy leagues that you can't really watch and root for the players anymore. You go back to rooting for NFL again.
3: I'm still rooting for the Jets this Sunday, Scott.
2: Okay. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness.
0: Is
3: that a good segue for you? We got we got we got oh, no
2: Jets fans here. I'm I'm gonna be uh, I'm like I saw your post and I, it's a it's a track that I can definitely make to Cincinnati to, to see that game in two weeks. I so just gotta cross my fingers though and don't don't count my tickets before they have. So they let me down time and time again. So
3: they, well hopefully we'll, 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 uh, no beer will help. I'm sure. Yeah. I'll hopefully While there's Taylor no hot Lynn, dogs uh, on the sideline either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you guys you freaking Jets fans. You guys are hilarious, but uh, I love it. I love it. I love it because uh, just to have that uh, chance to get into the playoffs, I mean, you know, a lot of variables have to happen. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch it. And, you know, let's face it, the AFC is so muddled. Uh, The NFC is pretty much cut clear, but uh, the Jets, they need some things to happen for them. And uh, and one thing, no, two things are going to get they're not gonna get Carson Palmer and they're not gonna get uh Cedric Benson.
3: Yeah, I, I think but as far as AFC, I think the Chargers are actually playing as well as any team in football right now. I agree. Yeah, you know, so I think they could definitely AFC could make some noise.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree with that, Glenn. I mean San Diego
2: looks look look they look like a beast right now.
3: Yeah. Well you can
2: you can only have one team come out of the AFC and it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to see who that is. Um and, and before we get to the playoffs, i just got to get this quick plug out of the way. I know it's New Year's Day. We don't have a lot of listeners tonight, but we will have a lot of people coming back for the download to listen to Glenn, to hear about the champions from the, from the year in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Obviously, we stream every week on fsc.fm for the Fantasy Sports Channel. The guys, um, uh, Mark Ronick and the gang over at Fantasy Sports Channel, doing a great job putting us there on just about every, every medium. You can download the browser. You can download the toolbars. Uh, just about every way of listening to the to the channel this year. There's 24 hours of streaming fantasy football information seven days a week. They've done an amazing job. And I just want to say thank you to the guys, Mark Ronick, uh, at the Fantasy Sports Channel. And then we're also on iTunes. Obviously, you can go to your iTunes radio. Just go to radio under uh, fantasy, uh, go sports radio. And then uh, fantasy sports, you'll see Blog Talk Radio right there. We stream live on iTunes radio. And obviously, you can subscribe. Uh, to our podcast and just uh, download, uh, update your podcast every week uh, through your iPod or MP3 player. Okay, got that out of the way. Let's go back to the playoffs. We we were talking about the AFC. Let's switch over to the NFC, Glenn, and we're looking for a quarterback in this playoff competition. You've got so many to choose from, and you get double points in the Super Bowl. Most of these playoff contests uh, are usually, you know, I've won this thing one year. I had Peyton Manning uh, the year that the Colts beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. My two players, my key players, were Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl and Thomas Jones. It was like the two highest-scoring players in the Super Bowl. If you're, if you're on the NFC side, uh, who do you like to be the highest NFC scorer coming out on the NFC side?
3: Um, well, let's see what happens uh, as far as getting the bye, but uh, I can definitely see McNabb being a, a key contributor. Um, if they don't get the first-round bye, they could easily be playing uh, all four weeks you know um and yeah. i mean they've, they've got I think that's a passing team right now, pretty clearly um you know he's going to put up some massive totals in the playoffs, in my opinion, so I mean we'll see what happens tomorrow with uh as far as who gets the bye on Sunday, excuse me um but let's let's see uh you know if 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 the Eagles do not get the number two seed, why let's say the number three um I like McNabb a lot.
2: So if, if, if the Eagles get the two seed, that means if the Vikings beat the Cowboys, the Vikings actually travel to Philly. And so you can have Brett Favre playing one game against the Cowboys, two games against the Eagles, three games probably at the Saints, right? And then a fourth yeah. game and a double points game in the Super Bowl. So Brett Favre will be a popular player. Mike, what about, what about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? Is he a guy that you could put on your roster?
0: Well, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, or Ron Grant. Ryan Grant has been running with authority, and uh, I think uh, I think that's somebody that you need to think about. Especially, uh, you know, if, if if there's any home game that goes through Green Bay, what's you know that could happen, uh, you, know, you you got to think about the running game, and Ryan Grant is going to be a big part of it.
2: Glenn in the FFPC contest that's coming up. Obviously, you're going to play in that. Um, you can obviously start three tight ends. Would you ever consider a scenario like a Dallas Clark, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten type scenario on your team?
3: Um, In something like this where you can pick anybody, sure. I mean, uh, you know, in a regular draft, I saw some people that that attempted that strategy, uh, you know, and really hurt themselves at receiver. But, you know, in a a type of draft like this where you can just take anyone, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely as long as they're the right tight ends. There's some... There's some tight ends. i about a JerMichael Finley. I mean, there's some tight ends that are getting massive uh, fantasy points right now. Yeah,
2: that's going to be interesting to see, Mike. You've got uh, there's four tight ends right there that, uh, and, and we could even go five by adding Brent Celek. So yep. uh, the, the FFDC you know offers a pretty interesting twist there with the one and a half points per reception makes it kind of profitable to go ahead and do it, especially if you're Dallas Clark. I mean. If you take Dallas, you're not taking Peyton Manning. That's the only caveat there. So, you know, who's going to score more points in the playoffs? Will it be Peyton Manning or will it be Dallas Clark, Mike?
0: Uh, It's going to be Peyton Manning, in my opinion. Uh, No doubt about it because, uh, you know, there's too many options. I mean, Dallas Clark, I I still think he's uh, he's good for a touchdown, but, uh, you know, Peyton Manning is going to be, I mean, he's going to be throwing left and right, left and right. He's going to be doing whatever he's got his targets. Uh, I'm still concerned about uh, Indy and, uh, you know, them resting the players. I, I just, you know, I want them to be fresh, and I don't know if they'll be fresh come playoff time. That's yeah, all I,
3: I, I, agree, I agree with that 100%. I think it's, especially after watching that. That uh, Jets game this past weekend and all the hoopla that, you know, with Bill Polian on the radio show and all the controversy that followed this week. I, I think, my my opinion, the Colts, two weeks from now, are either going to come out totally flat or they're going to just wallop whoever yep. they play. It's going to be one or the other.
2: Yep. It's interesting, though, guys. Peyton Manning scored 335 fantasy points as an Indianapolis Colts uh, quarterback in the FFPC scoring system. Down was right there, 306 points. You can't go wrong either way with either of those guys. And, it, and the question becomes, what do you do? If, if you take Peyton, you can't have any of the other quarterbacks. So, if you could have Dallas Clark, which is obviously the, the most elite tight end in the game right now, that gives you, you an opportunity Rivers. to have, okay, Rivers, Breeze, Aaron Rodgers. You know, take your pick, Tom Brady, if that's what you think, you know. So it, it, you take it's Rivers be
0: because, you think, in my opinion, Scott, you take Rivers because uh, – like I said, I, I think this team is uh, bound for the Super Bowl. I, I really believe San Diego is bound for the Super Bowl.
2: All right, Mike, uh, we're down to 50 seconds. You picked the the Chargers and the Cowboys. Glenn, before you go, your two picks for the Super Bowl.
3: I'll go Chargers-Eagles.
2: All right, and obviously I'm going to go Jets and Saints. So there you go. That's your, uh, that's your show. Everybody, thank you for joining us. Glenn, Thanks, thank Glenn. you uh, for being a part of the show. Uh, Chad, appreciate it. Alex, Matt, everybody in the chat room Appreciate you coming by Billy Watts in the chat room too We're going to go, we'll see you next week And uh, we'll, we'll have, blue. Uh, more, more playoff strategy for you Here on Red vs. Blue, blue. Happy New Year everyone
1: Happy New Year You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio Where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide With your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent Please join us next time
2: What a show, Mike. Yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Big big, big game tomorrow, buddy. Big, big game. You better be ready because the Red is bringing it.
0: That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Go Cards. Talk to you tomorrow, man. You.